You can save 15% or more at Amazon when you pay with Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv. You can set your own discount. 5% gets you fastest delivery, or you can set it to 30% or more if you're not in a hurry. Purse makes it so easy to save money at Amazon by buying with crypto. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv and start saving now. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of April 19th, 2020, the podcast that refragments the widget layer. This is your host, Shane Killian. Let's conglomerate the news of the bogus. And we'll start with more about the Earn It Act, this time from Signal's Joshua Lund. Remember that the Earned Act attacks both Section 230 and end-to-end encryption, both of which are essential to Signal's function for truly private texting and voice video chat. Like other communications apps, Signal has seen an unprecedented number of sign-ups and unanticipated expansion of needed server capacity. In a Signal blog post, Lund writes, It means a lot to us that so many people are relying on Signal during this difficult time. When users check in on their families, share moments of solace, smile with their friends, or discuss sensitive health issues with their doctors, Signal's end-to-end encryption and privacy-preserving technology helps keep this information secure. Of course, they rely on the conduit protections of Section 230 to protect them from the legal liability of anything their users might use the service for. You'd think that this would be a no-brainer since people are only responsible for their own actions, but apparently our politicians don't see it that way. They've also, as we've covered, been attacking end-to-end encryption as something that's there to protect terrorists and child abusers. But remember that congressmen, senators, and federal departments often use Signal to keep their transmissions private. The European Commission has told their staff to use Signal as well. Lund explains. At a high level, what the bill proposes is a system where companies have to earn Section 230 protection by following a set of designed-by-committee best practices that are extraordinarily unlikely to allow end-to-end encryption. Anyone who doesn't comply with these recommendations will lose their Section 230 protection. Some large tech behemoths could hypothetically shoulder the enormous financial burden of handling hundreds of new lawsuits if they suddenly became responsible for the random things their users say. But it would not be possible for a small non-profit like Signal to continue to operate within the United States. In other words, if this passes, these companies and organizations will have to move elsewhere, a pretty massive hit to an already decimated economy. He summarizes, It is as though the big bad wolf, after years of unsuccessfully trying to blow the brick house down, has instead introduced a legal framework that allows him to hold the three little pigs criminally responsible for being delicious and destroy the house anyway. When he is asked about this behavior, the big bad wolf can credibly claim that nothing in the bill mentions huffing or puffing or the application of forceful breath to a brick-based domicile at all. But the end goal is still pretty clear to any outside observer. And it's happening at a time when more and more people are dependent on secure communication solutions. As families use them to stay in contact, employees continue to work remotely and earn a paycheck, and children to learn. Those are the people who will be harmed by earn it, not the bad guys. They'll continue to use secure solutions, even if they have to build them themselves. It's not difficult since the source code is available to anyone who wants to use it. 
The EFF has an action center page so that you can write your representatives and let them know how you feel about it. The link is in the description. Hopefully, if there's enough backlash, we can stop it in its tracks. If you're tired of these promos, regular supporters get the podcast early and ad-free. Just go to donate.bogosity.tv and sign up for Patreon or Subscribestar at any level. Ads are annoying, but ad blockers prevent publishers from making money. What if you could support your favorite websites, YouTube creators, Twitch streamers, social accounts, and many more ad-free and without paying anything, and even make some money yourself? It's not a pipe dream, it's airtime. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and get the browser extension and you'll earn cryptocurrency for the sites you visit. And so will the publisher. This is not a crypto miner. You and the publisher will both get part of the reward from current miners of the BitTube cryptocurrency, with no middleman taking a cut. Even if the publisher hasn't signed up yet, his tube will be put into a dedicated wallet that he can claim upon sign-up. You can also use your tube to tip publishers and even purchase products. Airtime monetizes users and publishers with no ads or crypto miners. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and start making money now. Now for some unbelievable copyright news. A California federal court has dismissed a lawsuit over YouTube's retaliatory copyright strikes and their failure to acknowledge DMCA counter-notices. A DMCA notice legally has to originate from the copyright holder or legal representative. YouTube can't just create them on their own. The person can then file a counterclaim. The content must stay down for a minimum of 10 business days, but if the counterclaim isn't responded to after 15 business days, they have to restore the content. So YouTuber DJ Shorty, real name Eric Mishiev, was running two popular YouTube channels with over 250,000 subscribers, earning a Silver Creator Award. He ended up making $310,000 over five years. Not too shabby. But then he started noticing what a lot of us have, subscribers informing him that they're not seeing new uploads and aren't getting alerts for new uploads even when they click the bell. I myself heard recently from a subscriber who hasn't gotten a notification in two years. He was excited when he saw I had finally uploaded a new video and wanted to ask where I had been, only to find out that I had been uploading on average four videos a week in that time. So Mishiev decided to contact YouTube support and find out what was going on. Things didn't go well, and he ended up threatening legal action. The next day, a man who never received a single copyright strike in his career was bombarded with one bogus DMCA takedown request after another, hundreds of them in a single hour, shutting down his channels. He filed counter-notices, and YouTube, contrary to the requirements of the DMCA, chose to ignore them. So he took YouTube to court on the basis of breach of contract and failing to live up to their duties under the DMCA. YouTube responded that they can basically take down whatever they want, even when a copyright claim is successfully challenged. They said, quote, YouTube has no obligation to ever restore that material to its service, even when a user protests, and the agreement expressly highlights its discretion not to do so. And the court upheld it. Despite the fact that it absolutely contravenes the requirements of the DMCA, the judge ruled, quote, 
YouTube did not agree to act as a neutral processor of notices and counter-notices. YouTube retained control to evaluate counter-notices and infringement on its own. Even though they have to be a neutral processor under the DMCA or lose their safe harbor protections. The one good thing about the DMCA was that, after filing a counter-notification, the website is required to restore the content after 15 business days if it ends up being bogus. The court just arbitrarily eliminated that. And the fact that the claims were provably bogus made no difference. Quote, even taking the retaliation allegations as true, however, the complaint fails to overcome YouTube's express right to terminate plaintiff's account for repeat copyright infringement. Mishiev is appealing. Best of luck to him. Hopefully our courts haven't been too far bought by the major media cartels. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government censors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. Michael Bloomberg. In a way, I'm kind of disappointed he didn't get the nomination. It would have made the news cycle this year much more fun. Like the presumptive nominee Joe Biden, Bloomberg is no stranger to complaints of sexual harassment and a hostile work environment, but the main difference is that Biden doesn't own a major media company capable of silencing them. Six years ago, Bloomberg News killed an investigation into how wealthy the Communist Party elites were in China, and isn't that always how it goes with socialism? and Bloomberg successfully silenced the reporters. Then they tried to silence a reporter's wife, Lita Hong Fincher. She told NPR, They assumed that because I was the wife of their employee, I was the wife. I was just an appendage of their employee. I was not a human being. Her husband, Mike Forsyth, moved the two of them to Hong Kong after receiving death threats about his expose. Bloomberg suspended him, accusing him of leaking the news, and later fired him. He now works at the New York Times. At the time of the investigation, Mike Bloomberg was mayor of New York City. Although he had officially relinquished control of the company, he had very close ties with China. Months later, after he was no longer mayor, there was a conference call and NPR obtained portions of the audio where Bloomberg himself threw Forsyth and other reporters in the China team under the bus. Although Forsyth and others from the China team have left the company over the ensuing years, none of them can talk about it because of a non-disclosure agreement, and at least one of them was forced to sign it or else lose a month's pay. Well, Fincher never signed one because she never worked for them, but they threatened the two of them if she spoke out. She was summoned in front of Bloomberg's Hong Kong legal team. When she told them she wasn't in possession of any documents she could leak, the head of the legal team said, 
What about all the evidence that's in her head? They wanted her to sign an NDA that said that she would never even criticize the company or its officers. Venture recalled, quote, They assumed that my husband would be able to silence me. He didn't want to do that. That's not the kind of relationship that we have. She finally got them to relent by hiring the same two Hong Kong lawyers who had previously represented Edward Snowden. Venture wants to know what else is being hidden at Bloomberg News that no one is allowed to talk about. I'm wondering about an even bigger question. How many other news outlets do this? We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. And now it's time to misdiagnose this week's biggest bogan emitter. And for the fourth time, it goes to the World Health Organization. Twice before they got it for supporting the long-debunked claim that cell phones cause brain cancer, and they also got it for their call to ban e-cigarettes based on equally debunked bogosity. They were even a nominee for 2014's Idiot of the Year. This time, they're not only getting it for being ignorant and pseudoscientific, they're getting it for being corrupt as well. There's certainly a lot to complain about with regards to the mishandling of the COVID-19 outbreak and how it became a worldwide pandemic, most of which can be said to be the fault of China's initial cover-up of the outbreak. But the WHO failed at what is the very core of their purpose, the very reason for their existence. It was established in 1948 specifically for the purpose of monitoring health risks to the public and coordinating responses to health emergencies. If anything, this outbreak was pretty much tailor-made for them. So, to put it bluntly, what the hell, man? They denied the threat even existed. They put out questionable guidance. They're still advising people not to wear face masks. And most notably, they whitewashed China's mishandling of it when this could have been nipped in the bud. In fact, they've been praising China. For example, they applauded them for releasing the coronavirus genome when they actually stonewalled doing that for 17 days. They were denying even the possibility of human-to-human -human transmission until late January when Chinese doctors knew better. And WHO doctors weren't even allowed into Wuhan to inspect things until three weeks after the outbreak. And the WHO praises China for their openness. Unbelievable.
In fact, their director general said on February 15th, China took action at the epicenter, and that helped prevent the spread to other provinces and the rest of the world. Who wants to bet he's feeling a little bit silly now? Their executive director also said on February 28th, As China has shown, this does not need to be a pandemic if we take action. The WHO was recommending things like no face masks, no shutting down international travel, no widespread testing of people who were asymptomatic, all sorts of things we now know and doctors knew at the time were necessary. One country that ignored what the WHO recommended was Taiwan, and they have one of the lowest rates of COVID-19 infections per capita. Taiwan, by the way, was denied membership in the WHO in 2015, and the organization refuses to acknowledge their independence, which brings us right back around to their brown-nosing of China. By the way, one of the countries that did follow the WHO's guidance pretty much to the letter was Italy, and their infections and deaths soon surpassed even that of China. But I mean, is the WHO firmly in the back pocket of China? So much of what they said and did could be construed as just incompetent, but all of these things surrounding their relationship with China and how it affects other countries like Taiwan point only to one thing. Corruption. So all of that makes the WHO this week's biggest bogani emitter. I want to tell you about the eyeglasses I've been wearing for years. As people can see on my videos, I have a very strong prescription, which makes glasses more expensive, especially when I need computer glasses, reading glasses, prescription sunglasses, and most expensively, progressive lenses for general everyday wear. To save money while still getting quality glasses, I get them from Fermu. In fact, I just got a pair of progressives with high-index aspherical lenses and a nice pair of frames my wife loves for just over $100. It would have been $500 to get them through my eye doctor. Not only do they look good, the glasses are durable. I've worn many pairs for several years without problems. All orders come with a 30-day return policy, a 3-month warranty, and one-on-one -on -one customer service. Go to Firmu, that's F-I-R-M-O-O dot Bogosity dot TV, anytime you need quality glasses at a low price. Once again, that's Firmu dot Bogosity dot TV. And now let's psycho-resonate this week's... Idiot And this week it goes to the Bernie Bros for all the time and effort they put behind millionaire one percenter Bernie Sanders because he's totes different than the other Democratic candidates and he'd never sell them out. Bernie or bust! And now, Bernie has dropped out of the race and endorsed Joe Biden. I mean, if you ask me, anyone who endorses Biden deserves this moniker. But the Bernie bros kept insisting that their candidate was different somehow, ignoring history when he totally sold out to Hillary Clinton after she and the DNC finagled, possibly illegally, her way into the nomination. Sanders said, quote, Today I am asking all Americans, I am asking every Democrat, I am asking every Independent, I am asking a lot of Republicans to come together in this campaign to support Joe Biden's candidacy, which I endorse, to make certain that we defeat somebody who I believe, and I am speaking just for myself now, is the most dangerous president in the history of this country. Yeah, not a trace of hyperbole there. 
ABC News reported, The significant endorsement and show of party unity came far earlier in this cycle than in 2016. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, can you people just shut up and report the facts? Of the endorsements, not just from Sanders, but from other former candidates, including Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, and Pete Buttigieg, Biden said, quote, I think people are going to be surprised that we are apart on some issues, but we're awfully close on a whole bunch of others. Yeah, that's the part that scares me. Some of Sanders' supporters say they're just not going to vote or look for a third-party candidate. Others actually say they're going to vote for Trump. But most of them will unthinkingly baa along with the rest of the sheep and support Biden. But regardless, the fact that any of them thought that Bernie was going to be anything other than a complete sellout is embarrassing to them. In 2016, it was forgivable. But now, three and a half years since his big sellout, one has to wonder what his fans were thinking. So all of that makes the Bernie Bros this week's... Idiot wraps up this we missed the bus they missed the bus when's the next bus edition of the bogosity podcast i hope you enjoyed it if you did please keep this podcast going by subscribing and supporting in one of several different ways you can find at donate.bogosity.tv including paypal cryptocurrency or subscribing at patreon or subscribe star to listen early and ad free also, please come to discord.bogosity.tv where you can join the discussion and post a question, statement, news article, or rant. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from Davy Crockett. I have always supported measures and principles and not men. I have acted fearless and independent, and I will never regret my course. I would rather be politically buried than to be hypocritically immortalized. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. Bogosity. are annoying, but ad blockers prevent publishers from making money. What if you could support your favorite websites, YouTube creators, Twitch streamers, social accounts, and many more ad-free and without paying anything, and even make some money yourself? It's not a pipe dream, it's airtime. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and get the browser extension and you'll earn cryptocurrency for the sites you visit, and so will the publisher. This is not a crypto miner. You and the publisher will both get part of the reward from current miners of the BitTube cryptocurrency, with no middleman taking a cut. Even if the publisher hasn't signed up yet, his tube will be put into a dedicated wallet that he can claim upon sign-up. You can also use your tube to tip publishers and even purchase products. Airtime monetizes users and publishers with no ads or crypto miners. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and start making money now.